Welcome to the Next Door Neighbors podcast, a podcast where we talk about all things neighborly. Here are your hosts, Alex and Irina Mazukin. Okay, so um, welcome back to episode 76 of the Next Door Neighbors podcast, a podcast where um, you are basically having dinner with your spouse and you're listening in on another couple having a conversation next door mm-hmm. uh, or at the next table. And uh, what'd you think about that? What do you mean? What do you think of that statement? I like it. I think it should be um, our next description. Next description. Our- we, uh, it wasn't an original one for us. Uh, we, we, uh, we heard it from uh, Jess Wright, which uh, Jess is the vice president of uh, marketing for Rayobi Power Tools. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were just at an event in Florida. They're showcasing some of the new... Uh, lawn care stuff, their Whisper series that they're coming out with. And uh, we were just talking around the table and Jess was like asking about the podcast and he articulated that way. And I thought it was such a clever way. Yeah. He's like, it's like you're sitting at dinner and you just overhear another couple's conversation. And it's like, that's what our conversations are. And I'm like, oh, that's exactly it. That's exactly (laughs) it. It's a really great way of looking at it. Mm -hmm. And what's what's interesting to me is it's those conversations are always interesting, right? Like mm-hmm. even if they're, cause you kind of go like, where are they coming from? What's the background? Yeah. If, like what's their Those life are, dynamic? Yeah. And it's like, you kind of want to like keep listening, but it, it's, it's like almost, I like that. Cause it makes a person, I hope the listeners feel like they're right here with us. Yeah. Just hanging out. Listening. The, um, so we did a trip to Florida. Uh, it was like a one day trip Thursday to Friday. Um, Thursday was just like one mm-hmm. day of full travel. Which is a long time because yes. there are no direct flights from Boise anywhere to the East Coast. To the East Coast, correct. Um, so here. it's a long day of travel. Yeah. Um, it, airports are such an interesting thing. Like you, it's, it's an abil- it's, you have an ability to s- like take a random sample of everybody all over the world, mm-hmm. especially, especially in like an international airport. Um, and I don't know if there's people out there who are better at flying than others, but... I can't imagine. Like I, I know that stand-up comedians they they do the road, so meaning they go like one or two days in each city or state, and they'll plan out like fourteen days of travel like that. Do like how how do you make that work? Is it something that you just do? You, do certain people have a knack for it for traveling like that, mm, like I, living. Yeah, I think so. Or or you just get. I don't know. That, I don't know if that you could ever get used to it. But I think there are some people who enjoy it more than others. You I think feel like so? I used to enjoy it when I was like single and it was like the thrill of like going somewhere. Now it's like, I know I'm going to sleep horribly on the plane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know I'm going to have like neck pain after those seats. I know I'm going to lose either like in whatever, two hours if we're flying on the East Coast. The time change is going to be weird. I'm, you know, my, my bowel movement's going to be irregular. <laughs> <laughs> It's all of it yeah. when There's, i was like young and single none of that like crossed my mind what was your bowel movement situation <laughs> when you were single better it was a better interesting it's it's um yeah i can't imagine being a comedian or somebody that who, who's and then you miss your kids too or somebody because uh, I've, I've heard of this i've heard of people who they have huge responsibilities um within companies but they decide not to live in the state that their job is so i've heard of people flying in every single day Every single now, I'm <laughs> guessing it's only like a one hour flight or something like that, which I, I get. I mean, yeah, one hour is not super bad, but yeah. it's like it's the whole having to get a car or whatever, Uber to the airport, go through security, wait for your flight, board, wait for everybody to get on the plane. That's like a whole process. It's not just an hour. You're yeah. already wasting probably three. Yeah. It would probably be a different story if you're flying private. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. And that apparently would Apparently to fly private private if i remember somebody quoted because you can basically rent one of those like jets that you know with pilots and all that mm-hmm. stuff and i think it's like 20 grand yeah a flight i wouldn't be surprised yeah yeah 30 so, to four or 20 to 30 yeah yeah 20 to 30 depending where you're going um so no biggie no biggie i don't know i've always wanted to try it but i at the same time how much better can you get in fact i'm willing to argue that it's a scarier flight because it's a smaller, smaller airplane. Yeah, you can feel the turbulence more. I remember taking uh, Jack on that little seaplane excursion where mm-hmm. it's, it sits like six people in this thing. And you're in this like, you know, those seaplanes. And that whole thing is like shaking. It's scary. And I've heard of 
uh, like helicopters. I've never been on a helicopter, but I heard helicopters are like scary as well because it's just a lot of you're a small little it's egg loud. that's being thrown mm-hmm. around. And it's so loud. Yeah. Like you can't you can't like talk to somebody while you're sitting on in a helicopter. Yeah. I mean, they have those little walkie talkies on the headsets, but yeah. it's still not the greatest thing in the world. Crazy. Yeah. So <coughs> the flights. Yeah. So it wasn't that it was a full day of travel. And then we we ended up getting to our hotel a little bit later than we thought. So we I had like 30 minutes to get ready. And then it was like straight to dinner. Straight to dinner. Yep. Um, it was cool. It was cool to see everybody. It was cool mm-hmm. um, to see some. This of is the like new the stuff. first event. Uh, well, at least in two years for sure. For you too, yeah. For sure. Well, yeah. I mean, since, I don't even since I, COVID. Yeah. So Workbench, which is a conference for uh, makers and YouTubers and social media people, um, it's like a maker community. It goes on every year. Obviously, it didn't happen in 2020, and it didn't happen in 2021. So 2022 is the first one that they just launched. And it was happening the same time in Atlanta. And um, it's wild. It's wild to like think that there's been no events like that. I know. For now people are like starting years. back. Two years. That doesn't, it doesn't even feel like that long. Do you know what's weird? I, as soon as we came back, I, like, I went to the local hardware store here, I think. But, well, I went to actually both Lowe's and Home Depot. And you know how before people generally didn't wear a mask? Like, you know, when we got to the point, like, a society where they're like, oh, okay, there's like, they're not as strict about it, but the employees always wore masks. It's, I don't know if maybe it's an Idaho thing, but there was no employees. That were well, didn't you read the CDC? Oh, you're the one that read it. To yeah. Me. Yeah. I think it was like starting, they're like um, relaxing all the mask laws. I don't know what the details are, like how you know what that means Mm -hmm. but i think that's why employees aren't wearing them anymore that makes a lot more sense um yeah it's uh kind of felt normal a little bit you know (sighs) we were getting there oh well i mean this is as close as we get it's funny um they uh well this is more of like backpedaling but um they uh, the cdc i think um or whoever came out with this whole like nuclear uh disaster thing like what to do in a case of like a nuclear blast um they're modifying it to to like covid standards so they're saying like go to a basement go to the corner of a basement and then it says like if you're among strangers or other people that are not from your family try to separate yourself oh my gosh okay in the middle that's what you're thinking about (laughs) (laughs) and this is a real thing out there that's the wildest thing to me make sure you're separated in the you know two by four basement <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah yeah so in, in crawl the, space in the opportunity that the world would end uh from a catastrophic blast make sure you don't <laughs> die with covid now be aware <laughs> <laughs> as the world oh, ends <laughs> make sure you're you know you're double oh va- triple gosh. quadruple vaccine that's funny i i thought it was very silly all right, guys, we're going to take a quick break from this podcast and thank the sponsors of today's podcast, Flex Seal. Now, who else is ready for winter to be over? I know that I can't only be the only one. I also know that nobody's looking forward to the damage revealed during spring thaw. It's through all that expansion and contraction. Good thing Flex Seal has a complete line of products ready to take on winter wreckage, both big and small, quickly and affordably in and around your home. I can tell you from personal experience that when you're ready to repair winter damage and start spring renewed and refreshed, there's no better or more reliable way to get your repairs done than with FlexSeal family of products. Seriously, FlexSeal products are powerful, durable, easy to use, efficient, and affordable. From preparing weather-worn gutters to crack foundations, leaks in basements, vehicle damage, and so much more, it's a really good idea to have plenty of FlexSeal products on hand. So with spring being right around the corner this year, when you need to make repairs from winter damage use, products you can trust to work. The FlexSeal family of products. So here's what you're going to do. Head over to their website, www.getflexseal.com and order everything you need to repair winter damages and get ready for spring today. Now, let's get back into this podcast. So let me ask you this. Yes. This might be a stupid question. No stupid question. If there is a nuclear attack, okay. does the basement protect you from that? So no. Uh, yes and no. So if you're within, I did. I, I looked up some of these like simulations that they run, like mm-hmm. like what would happen to a small city like Manhattan or something. And the idea is like if 
that nuclear blast with anything within like six miles or something like that, like six, seven miles, no, everything is just like deteriorized. Like Even it, if you're in a bunker? It doesn't matter. It's gone, right? Wow. It'll, I'm sure it'll create a, a hole in the ground too. Um, and then I think the, the basement part is more along the lines is there's nuclear radiation that air uh, uh, pushes out, mm-hmm. like, you know, kind of um, think about it as fumes, right, after something. Well, that's super destructive to you, obviously, right? Um, it, is, it stays in your clothes. It gets in your skin. You inhale it. Like, you essentially you die, die, you die later. Yeah. Mm. Um, I think it's weeks or something like that. But um, the, I think the basement, what that does is it allows for you to get underground that the wind carries it over the house and out as opposed to, mm. I think that's the argument. Mm. So if you're, yeah. And the basement part is also, again, there is that level of like the intimate danger of like explosion and you're deteriorate, deteriorate, de- what do you deteriorate? Deteriorate it, right? So, and then um, after that, there's also uh, whatever distance where debris and everything is flying at you. Mm-hmm. So um, that's another thing that the basement would be protecting you by being underground. If, you know, windows, doors, and uh, concrete is flying across by being underground, obviously, it goes over you. Mm-hmm. So those just a few little things like that. Interesting. Yeah. We need a basement. We need a basement. I would love a basement. I used to want just a basement just for the ability to, like, get away or send the kids down there to, with, their, with their friends so they're not, mm-hmm. like, annoying you, like, being loud. But now it's like, oh, we need a basement. Apparently, during the Cold War, there was a lot of people had basements. That was, like, part of the structural practice Mm -hmm. and then obviously times have changed not a lot of basements here in idaho uh i wonder why i wonder if that's like a flooding thing right because idaho is pretty flat and if one of those dams fail like it's underground but at the same time it could just be i mean people still have basements Mm -hmm. they do just not like i think it's just a uh, an older design it's more common in certain areas Mm -hmm. of the country their basements are definitely coming back i saw some did you ever have have a house with a basement no no we only had one i've only lived in two houses my entire life Hmm. Well, I mean, as a, like when I was with my parents, like mm-hmm. we growing ha- up, growing up. Yeah. So, um, yeah, nothing. Did you guys have one? We had one that, a house that had a basement. Is it the nicer It was like house? our movie room. Oh, movie room. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, that's a huge thing that from like our benefits of basements is yeah. being able to do that. Yeah. Right. Exactly. But I mean, we never really used it. <laughs> well, that was my follow up question. Uh, you know, the movie rooms always sound so cool, but then. How easy are they, are they to really use for be like, I'm going to go watch something. Like, I feel like you have to turn on the projector. You got to turn on the connection to the thing. Then you got to turn on the little, um, um, kind of, what do they call them? Those, they look like VCRs, but they plug in like the sound, the, 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 the speakers to it and the amp. Isn't that called the amp? It's called the amp, right? It might be. Yeah. So like, I think nowadays they make it pretty user pretty friendly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> I think there was like one button. Really? Yeah. And then it's like, I think it was hooked up to like even T- the TV so you could watch actual like just TV from the projector like downstairs oh, yeah, so. yeah and then movies or whatever you wanted right 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 yeah yeah so I mean I knew back then people would have like four the TV only remotes. thing I'm wondering is like in terms of like a disaster nuclear disaster coming basements don't work for that radiation if you don't have like some kind of solid door right because it will still well it's not necessarily a solid door because uh, we don't even have a door in our basement some of it will get through and keep in mind you have a furnace let's say in your garage mm. um that um things will cr- you know suck in there there's a filter right but some of it will get through but is it like a lethal amount i think you're just yeah again i'm just spitballing these ideas because to be honest i mean Historically, I think the last time they, what is it, did I, I don't remember if it was the atomic bomb or was it a nuclear bomb that they detonated. It was like 19, was it 1950 or something like that, 1960? They dropped it in, well, Hiroshima, I think they dropped it there. Mm-hmm. Hiroshima, Nagasaki, and then I think there was like one more other place. Um, but, so there's not a whole ton of like, how do you prevent this, right? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of aftermath of, but I think in, that that's your best best thing that you can do. Not necessarily right. you'll be a hundred percent safe. But if you want to take the precautions, I guess there's even arguments about bunkers. Like I I think I've read some kind of not an article but a little like animation where the are the bunkers are not really the most ideal thing. They're they're basically a basement. But the idea is that well, what would happen 
if there was a flood, what would happen if there's a fire? Well, you're trapped in this thing. Mm-hmm. So there's a there's a little bit different argument. So what the people are saying is, you know, you want a place that has elevation so you can see from the top down, kind of make a plan from there. Hmm. But it's it funny. Depends what's happening. Yes, it's interesting that before we never. Well, okay, let's 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 back up a little bit because by the time this episode comes out, I think we'll be already four days since this happened. So on Thursday we fly out. Um, they just reported on the news that Ukraine was invaded by Russia. Mm-hmm. Um, multiple missiles were, were launched. Was that on Thursday or Friday? It was a uh, great question. Uh, Thursday, because Thursday morning, when you and I start woke up at four right. to go, it was, it, was already, it was already a few hours on the thing. Right, right. Um, and well, and so that was the, and so people were trying to evacuate Ukraine, uh, Kiev, mm-hmm. the capital of Ukraine. Have you been to Kiev? Mm-hmm. Were you born in Kiev? No. Um, So those of you who are new or um, don't know, um, I was actually born in Ukraine, moved to the States when I was three. I was not born in Kiev. We were born like, uh, or I was born like two hours south. It's a little town called Pirvamaisk, and Mm -hmm. it's, um, it's a pretty small city. It was known for, I'm trying to remember, my parents told me, they made something there. Oh, like, oh. I think it was Hushonka. Really? So, which is uh, sweet and condensed, condensed milk. milk yeah. yeah, I don't know if they had like a factory there, but I think that's, huh. unless I'm like making this up, I'll have to research it oh, now. Oh, you're trying to flex on people. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, we make condensed milk. Like, no, you don't. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I'm, I believe my mom told me that. Um, and that's, it's a, like about the halfway mark between um, Kiev and what's the south? Um, the oh my gosh the city that's like um south very south of ukraine very south of ukraine uh super pop odessa so it's like between um if you look it up on the map um yeah so i was born there uh moved after the soviet union broke up in the in 1990 so we moved in 1992 Mm mm-hmm and that was everything, and so I think that was when, which is by the crazy. way, the way you said that the 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 sequence of events made it sound like because the Soviet Union broke up, you're like, so then we decided to move to the United yeah. States. Well, kind of because because the, you missed the Soviet Union. No, no, because um, Ukraine after the Soviet Union became its own country. That's when they gained independence mm-hmm. in 1991. Oh, Isn't I that did, crazy? I had no idea. They were not an in independent country before oh, that, which no is idea. crazy to think that's not that they long were, ago. They were part of the USSR. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I didn't realize that either until I was like reading something and I was like, that's right. So like, I think it was like July uh, when, I'll go back to this, but actually so when I was- the country is only in, like 25 <laughs> year, or 20 years old? 1991 was not 20 years ago. No, or 20, hold on, what <laughs> am I saying? 30. 30 years old, Yeah. <laughs> It feels I, like in the 90s or 20 well, years ago, yeah. I didn't carry the one. Um, yeah, it's not that old. So I um, I think my parents left, first of all, just fear of like, what's going to happen next? Are we going to go back to, you know, communism and everything that was going on? And I think also the economy from going from com- communism and trying to rebuild, mm-hmm. they... I mean, the economy was just like... So that was, was their no, motivation of moving, right? I think so. I think they were... All, everybody was scared and didn't know what to do. And they knew America was like the land of the free. That's where you have opportunities. And I, it, they basically left kind of as refugees. It's, it, because, yeah, it was they're coming from so much... I don't know, craziness that was going on there. And you were at that point were four? I was three, three when we moved. Barely three. And then my sister was four, yeah. And then mm. we moved to Portland, Oregon um, when we first moved, and we had a little bit of family here. And another thing, I think when you left, you had to have either family or like a sponsor yeah. living in the States. That's how we, yeah, when we moved in there. Otherwise, you can't. So you had to like go to the Ukrainian government, get a visa, and they were denying people. Like it wasn't easy to come here. Mm-hmm. Um, my parents had a lot of friends that were denied and said, no, you can't leave. Even though they had uh, family or? Mm-hmm. or um, I'm not sure if they had family, but I mean, uh, my uncle came without having family here, but they f- somehow found a sponsor. How wild is it? The fact that you you would have your own country not let you leave. I know. Isn't that crazy? So Crazy. Wild. That so they're wild. like, no, you can't leave. Um, my parents, yeah, got lucky and were able to leave. Well, I mean, for them, yeah, they 
they really wanted, especially like having family here, you know, my uncle told them, oh yeah, this place is amazing, you know, so many opportunities, so many, so much freedom here. And so they, we ended up moving and um, my parents still have family there. So my dad's brother still lives there and his family. And then they're like, you know, extended family, like cousins and stuff, right. my parents. And then now they still really in Pietrovamaisk, not in Kiev. Right? Not in so Kiev. Two hours away from yeah. Kiev. And then they actually have really good friends who planted a church there f that live in Kiev. Mm. So they're they're like a, you know, like kind of like Boise, and then you have like the outlying ci cities, right? Meridian and Garden mm -hmm. Valley. It's like the same. They city. live in Kiev, but it's like a little city outside of um, the big Kiev metropolitan. Yeah. So. Um, and they're in it, yeah. And so they're, my mom talked to them and yeah. They're Wait, having. Yeah, go ahead, finish that. Um, they're just, everybody's really scared. Yeah, so. for sure, rightfully so. Yeah, so are people spending the night at the churches? Is I that think so. People are trying to find refuge in churches because it's like they have nowhere else to go. People are in like underground, I think bunkers, whatever they are. Have you seen those? photos and videos of people having babies in like basements because they can't be at the, like, the hospitals right now. Oh, interesting. So um, are they, are the people that are seeking refuge in the churches because their houses were blown up or is it because they were like, we don't want to stay in I think proximity? it's maybe both. I think um, if you, if anybody's watched obviously the news, a lot of people fled the actual the bones that live in the city of Kiev because there were apartment buildings being shot at and mm -hmm. blown up. So it's like I think a lot of people left either because they their own, you know, housing was shot at or they're just scared, which I would leave, too. If I was living in that city, I would not stay there. Yeah, because you're essentially because what the military <laughs> strategy is, you want to attack the capital and then go seize the capital. Right. Mm -hmm. And then now the, the city is yours. And I if you're living in the capital, you're essentially, or the city that is the capital, essentially you are living in the hottest zone. The hot like spot, yeah. You're, you're the bullseye mm -hmm. that every rocket is trying to launch. Yeah, so that's why everybody's leaving. There's like, it's insane. And, and I think also the reason people are maybe fleeing to churches and these buildings, I think people want to stay together too. Nobody sure. wants to be alone during this time. A hundred percent. There's a sense of like camaraderie, yes. community, and some people putting you at, at ease. Yeah. I mean, a group is That's better than you one need. for yeah. sure. Yeah. And then be able to like think of, um, oops, stuff together, um, you know, come up with strategies, ideas, whatever you need to. But um, yeah, going back to that, I was born in Ukraine. Where were you born? I was born in <laughs> Bransk, Russia. Yeah. So Russia, actually, uh, Bransk is exactly square dab in the middle between uh, Moscow and Kiev. Oh, really? So it's uh, south uh, <clears throat> east. So it's south. So because Ukraine is southeast of Russia, it's basically in a direct line from mm -hmm. Kiev to. Moscow and Bransk is right in the middle. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, Thursday, yeah, we were like reading the news. And I mean, we've been hearing for the last few weeks, maybe, mm -hmm. if not more, that something's going to happen. Yeah, they're Russia's talking about military drills. Yeah. They're just doing. And everybody kind of knew. But, you know, in like the back of your mind is like, maybe it is just nothing. Maybe. And so like when it actually happens, it just felt so close to home because I was born there, even though. The country itself doesn't feel like home. Mm -hmm. I went, even when I went to visit when I was, I was 19 years old when I went so back. So what year is that? That's uh, <coughs> 2009. 2000, yeah, 2009. Mm -hmm. So what did it feel like in 2009 when you were there? You um, were in Kiev. So we fl first went to Lithuania, which is a beautiful country too. That's Latvia, right? It's like by Latvia. Oh, Lithuania okay. is its own country. Oh, okay. Um, similar like that Slavic culture. Uh, it's beautiful there. Uh, and then we went, we stayed there for like two weeks, a week maybe, and then went to Ukraine, stayed in Kiev for two weeks. And um, we, it was, I mean, we were like right in the city. We walked around. It was fun to visit, but it definitely um, did not feel like home. No, of course. Okay. Because it was not my home yet. Right. I was born in the country, but it wasn't 
I've lived in America all my life. Yeah. So was the city kind of like up and coming <laughs> and developing or? Oh, was yeah. It? It's like any big city you can think of. Everybody's walking around down the street. They have this cool system where everything's like underground. The monorail system. Yeah. No, like there's tunnels. Like you walk, oh. you walk underground. Why? What's the reasoning? I think that? it's just traffic control. Like it's easier. Oh. Um, there's so many people in the city. So they even have like stores and little like shops underground. Oh, it's so cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, thought that was so, so cool. So those are the like, tunnels and then you're talking about that they're probably hiding in, right? Underground. Yeah, so I think so. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. They're walking mm -hmm. through. Which that's totally where they're all sense, hiding. Right? That's yeah. essentially your bunk, your yeah. not bunker, your um, basement. Mm hmm. So it's like, that's probably where, yeah, everybody is. And it's, I don't know if that was like uh, purposeful mm -hmm. or if that was, I always thought it was just like to control traffic because there's so many people walking around everywhere. Which is interesting because New York has the same <coughs> idea, but it's with subways. Mm -hmm. and it's a little then, different. And yeah. then Europe, the rest of like Europe has the monorail system that it's all subways underneath. Mm -hmm. But I've never heard of just truly just for you to t walk either on top mm -hmm. or below. Yeah, it was, it's really cool. Like, and mm -hmm. it's very confusing because you like forget <laughs> which way you're going. And then they have the di diagonal crosswalks. Oh, have diagonal. you seen those? Uh, I think so. So the instead of like you have that four square. Yes. Instead of walking this way and then this way doing an L, you, you actually just walk right across diagonally. Huh. Which I don't know how that works because... At some point, they all have to be stopped, I guess. Right. But it, it also seems like the highest opportunity to get I know. hit by a car because <laughs> yeah. now you have two different directions mm -hmm. simultaneously mm -hmm. that are. Yeah. Interesting. They don't or have them like everywhere. I think they just have them like in certain areas. Because, yeah, I think that when they have tons of cars driving around, you can't do that. It's uh, not safe. And these are not the, the countries yeah. that, you know, they're super strict with uh, those stoplights. Right. I know. Right. There, and there's just cars everywhere they're like back to back bumper to bumper all the time but th i feel like the major streets they actually close off d during certain times of the day because there's so many people walking around to it's like a big big city i think those videos you see that go viral with these like crazy car accidents that's like or, there <laughs> or these truck side swiping and then do i think that's all like mm -hmm. in these like european russian yeah you know it's beautiful. The city itself is beautiful. There's like beautiful parks. Was it pretty? You liked yeah, it? Yeah. Yeah. It's very pretty. Because the images like the right water. now, like not even like obviously right now there's ruins, but um, like before that even happened, they would show footage of like the city center. It it looked like like um, a less impressive version of like you going to Madrid or something mm -hmm. like that. Or Yeah, I don't think it's like it's beautiful, but it's not it doesn't have like the landmarks that some of these more. Mm -hmm. popular cities do like right. you know you go to paris it's like the eiffel tower yeah and so um which but you can't hold a lot against them because they've only been a country i since know <laughs> 1990 1991 yeah but they uh actually ukraine has its own instagram page uh, this, ukraine this, the, the country the country of ukraine has an instagram is it's there a ukraine. lot of ua i think it probably does now but they actually when everything happened they posted uh, this like time kind of like time lapse but like video of all these cool things in ukraine yeah uh, you should being, watch it being it's ruined no just oh, like just like how like beautiful it is like yeah like a travel thing yeah. of like the, like these are all the beautiful things mm. that are found in ukraine and it was actually really cool to watch because i had never you know, been really outside of Kiev. I mean, visiting. Mm -hmm. Why? So I don't know. And I, this is embarrassing, but I didn't even know what the flag meant. I just. Um, I don't know what the Russian flag means. The Ukrainian flag is blue at the top and yellow um, at the bottom. And the blue is because is for the blue skies because mm -hmm. it's, I guess, known for having really blue skies. And then the bottom is known for their wheat fields. Mm, wheat sense. fields. Yeah. yeah. Um, which I, I, I think I did know that. And then the blue symbolizes, um, the color itself symbolizes something. I can't remember what, but hmm. the yellow symbolizes joy. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So I just learned that too. So I feel like. You're doing like your own research. I know, research. research which own, I'm like, like this background. is embarrassing. I did, like, didn't well, even. Well, I don't think it's embarrassing. I think it's, there's not a lot of people that know these kind of things and, um, especially when you're transplanted out of that kind of um, like or immigrated. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting that this is the first there's a lot of first with this event, mm -hmm. but it's it's creating 
like you've never been a nationalist or anything, but it's creating this like level of, and I think you can feel across the entire continent or the entire world where everybody's just so saddened about the, Mm -hmm. like the injustice that's happening. Well, this is exactly why is because it's exactly that it's injustice. There was no reason Mm -hmm. like nobody asked for that. Nobody, you know, these are just innocent people who are getting their homes invaded. Yeah, Yeah. Their homes. Yeah, and, and th- I mean, there's an argument too to be made with like what the United States has done with Afghanistan, Iraq, and all that stuff. That's very true, but I think what's different this time is this is the only time in history that we have a bird's eye view of like a live stream with people on TikTok, Russians and Ukrainians making TikTok videos. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you're seeing, and this is wild to me, and I don't know how this they can get away with this, but you could see military personnel both on the Ukrainian and Russian side, but let's say the Russians for the perspective, uh, for this idea. You see like an entire brigade, I don't know if that's the right word for the amount of people are there, but like the entire company being deployed through the helicopters mm-hmm. and they're just like making selfie videos and post them on TikTok. There's it's one I saw of these guys are like, they're with parachutes are, and how are they not, how are they allowed to do that? I know. They're probably not, but they don't care. It's like, because they can't get caught or something like or that. Or it's like, too, you know, whatever. It's too late. How are you going to, yeah. It's like, because it, I can imagine, just put it in perspective. First of all, you could probably compromise and we'd go like, oh, we know where they are, right? But second of all, right. it's like, imagine you're a physician and you're operating, operating. on somebody and then <laughs> yeah. you're just like making TikTok videos on your phone. Yeah. Like <laughs> you would lose your job. So yeah. how are these guys that are... Supposed to have these you classified, yeah. you know, orders or whatnot. Or maybe they think like, <laughs> I could like die. This is, you know, because oh, it is. Ooh, yeah, yeah like, I don't cares? care anymore. Yeah. Yeah. That's hilarious that this is, it's always wild to me that, because there's a lot of these military, like even the United States, like there's a lot of, um, well, even prison TikToks. Apparently in prison, you can have, I guess, a cell phone that you, there's a whole like. Really? Yeah. There's a whole like uh, uh, lane on TikTok of, they're called prison TikToks. And it's, I guess, some people have their phones and they will create TikTok videos. TikTok. Yeah. But it's a bunch of dudes that are going like, hey, man, there's a bunch of hoes up in here. <laughs> Hit me up. <laughs> you know, they're doing that kind of oh stuff. Oh, my gosh. I was like, How, wait, I thought they're supposed to be like punished. Yeah. You know? But, who, you know. They have the full. They're I mean, having they're yeah, locked up. entertainment. I get, I get it. So yeah, going back to this, this is the first time in history that we've actually have a live stream of like what's happening and what people are saying from the other perspective right. or all perspectives. I we guess we never saw yeah. like people in Afghanistan or Iraq no. going, you know, this is what's happening. But then again, in that narrative, you know, you can say who came, what, what came first. But um, the way we all understood Afghanistan and Iraq was like, there's injustice that was happening there. So the troops were going there mm-hmm. to defend the locals. It was we didn't really see like firsthand well, accounts but, of right, like sure. things and the, going down. And there was innocent people dying for sure based of off course, of drone strikes yeah. and stuff like that. But in general, the idea was we're going to go there with the correct intentions of get rid of a, a radical government that's being, you know, and then equipping the people kind of thing. That was the way it was portrayed. But mm-hmm. we have never seen even the idea of World War Three, that was such a uh, foreign and wildest idea because you go, whoa, whoa, whoa. We it saw felt it so far fetched. It's yeah. so far fetched. And then now they're like, what would what would you have to do in case of a nuclear blast, a nuclear attack? Now it's like, oh my gosh, it's like almost on the horizon. This is a real thing. It could happen, yeah. And everybody, and here's another interesting thing. Um, so there's a gridlock, right? It's like a complete gridlock of people trying to leave the city and there's these, these traffic jams and like they cannot get past. So boom, they're locked in place. And you can't go to your home. So then you go, well, what do you do, right? Mm-hmm. Like how do you survive that? And that used to be always considered to be like a doomsday prepper thing that we all laughed at these crazy people. Oh yeah, the doomsday prep on TV. Burying their buses in the backyard, you know, as a bunker, you know. Um, you know, tinfoil hat people. Mm-hmm. But now it's like a real thing. One of the guys I follow on social media, on Instagram, uh, really good follow. His name is Mike Glover. He's a former, spe- uh, 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 I believe, Green Beret, if not a uh, Navy SEAL. I don't remember which one. But once he got out of the, the military, um, anywho, he was special forces. After he came out of the military, he started a company called Fieldcraft Survival. Mm-hmm. And they basically, it, it's an educational channel of, equipping people, you know, how to handle weapons, how to mm-hmm. um, uh, tourniquet a um, 
a wound, how to stabilize things. How to, and he posted a screenshot of somebody from Ukraine um, messaging him. And they're like, you always show people how to prepare. Um, where do I hide if I live in an apartment with no basement? Mm. And that made him kind of like create this like checklist of like what you need to grab. So he's like, like get a go bag. A go bag. He's like, get water, get a small container of bleach to be able to purify that water with droplets. You know, you got to get wool blankets. You got to use things that you can use for bartering, you know, have your identification, but also be ready to dispose of that identification in case you're caught. Um, you know, have carbs that you can ration, you know, cereal bars mm -hmm. and bread, like all these little things that you in the heat of the moment, somebody says you have to get out of your house. You're not going to be thinking about that. Yeah. You're like, what you're do I grab? Scared. You're, yeah. What do I grab? So um, this should be like a, a, a like a eye opening thing to a lot of people. And I know it is to me mm -hmm. to to be like, you need to like plan some things right now because have some scenarios you run through. Yeah. Right. We're not going to live in this because there's this fear now of okay, so Russia's being completely crazy and they're making enemies all over the place. But like just like any kind of escalation of war. There's one guy who does A, and then somebody else meets him at A and raises him to B, and then and the other going. retaliate, and they escalate it until one moment that you and can't escalate And then you have it. other countries coming in to help, and then it's right. being, yeah. And so and now forth. it has escalated to somebody going, oh, you, you did that to us? Well, now we're going to drop this bomb on you. Mm -hmm. And then the other people drop a bomb on them, and then they double up on their bombs. And next thing you know, you just wiped out 50 million people mm -hmm. from the face of this world. Um, and so that's a real thing. So I think a lot of people are misunderstanding the whatever's happening over there. It doesn't just stop there. If it escalates enough, specifically towards the number two superpower of the world, the Russia, um, a lot of, and I think Russia is in cahoots with China. And uh, mm -hmm. there's a lot of bad things that can happen. And I know. If not today, Everybody's then. like on there. Well, and so Putin's, Putin's whole thing. Edge of their seats. <laughs> and I've said this to you before, but Putin, you know, it's interesting how being a Russian, how I I would see my family, um, kind of their interpretation of Putin over the years that I've been around them. Because from seven, I wasn't really part of that country, right? We moved to the States in 96 and I was seven years old. But my parents were, that's their home, right? So they're really proud of that country, no matter how much, you know, persecution, because they were, you know, for their faith, uh, their, you know, um, grandfathers or parents or whatever had to go through mm -hmm. during the communism era there um that um to hear them talking about putin was always like a like a somewhat of a prideful thing because really? yeah because um you gotta understand that russia how how like it was left in all these like crumbles after the soviet union fell and then what had happened with stalin and how many people he killed and starved that you know everybody just lived in poverty right everybody lived it was basically a very dark time mm -hmm. and then and corruption and then when putin uh after gorbachev uh was in power he kind of made he kind of cleaned up the place he cleaned up the place and moscow was thriving it became a very like powerhouse and the the police were tidied up because he was also you know, Putin was a former uh, intelligence officer, mm. I believe, with the KGB, um, and uh, he he kind of went through all these ranks, and so he cleaned up this. You know, in the middle of like dealing with like oligarchs, which which is just businessmen who have political influence mm -hmm. and any kind of mobsters, um, and in the middle of all that, he kind of created order. And so, when everything that I remember hearing. I remember my parents kind of going like, yeah, he's really cleaning up the area. And, you know, you kind of become. They don't know how he cleaned it up. Well, so let's, you know, <laughs> yeah. I, and I, and, you know, people always have to understand that on every country has their own dirt that mm -hmm. we don't see of yeah. how things are happening. Right? But obviously, yeah, your parents sure. saw the. Sure. And, and they started it. becoming more proud. And, <clears throat> mm -hmm. and then something like this happened. Well, actually, what ended up happening is that whole invasion of Crimea in 2014 mm -hmm. and then you kind of go whoa whoa and that was during the sochi olympics right so like russia was hosting and, and so all of a sudden they invade crimea and people are just kind of like whoa what's what's going on and then somehow it got lost like mm -hmm. nobody really 
you know, in fact, you, you actually it. heard a different narrative. And I'm like, whoa, 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 what kind of narrative are you guys talking about? Because they were so ride or die for Putin. Mm -hmm. And then something like this happens. And I haven't spoken to my parents about this, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if I had family members that were like, no, it's, you know, Putin, he's the media Ukraine spinning a different story. It, yeah. Something like that. I wouldn't be surprised. I'm not putting words in anybody's mouth, but, um, you know, it, it, it's just like what well, the time that we live in right now, whether it's vaccinations or not, like depending what news source you're listening to, certain mm -hmm. people have a different opinion of A, B and C. Yeah. And they say B, A is wrong because they're only hearing this side of story mm -hmm. or, or B is wrong because I mean, even with Rogan, right? They're like you listen to one new, news news uh, broadcasting station and they're like, well, it's because, you know, he's doing whatever and then the other side is like no 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 he is practicing free speech so it's it's just a matter of where are you getting your information and how are you interpreting personally mm -hmm. that information right are you just in, like taking it all in as like fact mm -hmm. or are you like doing your research and yeah it's just what because apparently there's narratives on either, every always, side right always but yeah. the thing with ukraine it's so wild that they're they're even putting out like propaganda stuff where they're Russia saying is? Yeah, mm -hmm. like that Ukraine is uh, surrendering their weapons and putting it down. And then the president, or what do like, they call it, the prime it. minister, he creates a video, like yeah. a TikTok video. He goes, hey, there's a bunch of misinformation. We're not laying anything yeah. down. We're defending yeah. our country. Yeah, and that's what I do love about social media. Um, you know, there's negatives, but the positive right now is you can kind of set the record straight when somebody's, you know, trying to say something. You're like, wait, I'm right here. Like, yeah. this is me, you know, so... Um, I think in this instance, social media has kind of brought people together and maybe brought more awareness of exactly what's going on because people are there shooting videos. Not yeah. not like it's not filtered through media or anything. It's not. Nope. It's like I'm right here. This is my apartment. Look what that like, you yes. know, look what now. What is that? The shell from like a, a missile or what mm -hmm. was it? it was mm -hmm. like shot through somebody's apartment there's like a picture of it on yeah and there's there's <laughs> there's people citizens that are confront confronting military personnel yeah, and they go hey get out of our land like this is our mm -hmm. home and it's so sad because you actually see real people mm -hmm. trying to stand up it's not just like this yeah far-fetched idea where somebody's you know you hear it through uh, the grapevine like you hear your parents telling you and then you know mm -hmm. like this is what's happening it almost seems like this like abstract like oh, okay it's happening but when you're seeing it firsthand it's so much more devastating and yeah it's just heartbreaking i think that's why it's it makes me emotional is because i'm seeing it like happening versus yeah. just hearing about it happening i unfortunately i know not i know but i have a feeling of like what's gonna play out and i think what's gonna playing out uh, is you know more and more invasion, right? Getting closer. Yeah. And I think that escalation of action is going to be taken and more countries are going to get involved and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And, but my, I guess what I'm wondering more than that is how long does this last? Mm -hmm. Because every war has never really been like, oh, here's the month of a couple days. Yeah. Here's a month of February and that's it. Like, no, no, no. It's going to be a long couple time, of years. Yeah. It's a couple of years, and you kind of wonder uh, how much what is going to escalate. What are these people that live there going to do? Yeah. 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 And so we were talking about <clears throat> how, uh, like, the resources. Your parents are sending money to these mm -hmm. people at this church uh, that they started, and they're you, and you said they never really asked for money or help before. Mm -hmm. And it's... People are scared. Yeah. Right. And so they're asking for these resources. But my big question is, so... Right now, the, I'm sure the area is like a ghost town, right? People are hiding. Everything's closed. So let's say you send, you know, $100,000. Mm -hmm. Where does that, where do you go and spend that money mm -hmm. for water and food and, you supplies, know, supplies? Yeah. It, everything's closed. Mm -hmm. So do you think everything's closed or the cities surrounding that haven't been af as affected? Mm -hmm. Do you think they're open or do you think it's all shut down? Oh, great question. I think it only makes sense that this Kiev is everything's closed. Definitely the city I, I of Kiev. I think the surrounding yeah. areas are open. And I wouldn't be surprised if there are a lot of brave people who are running supplies into Kiev. You know what I mean? 
which from that yeah, oh for sure yeah. i mean that have to happen it's a, such a patriotic uh country yeah. so i'd imagine people are like but i don't know how they're figuring things ways right i don't know how they resources. would get back out of there right so let's say they yeah. drive into kiev how do you get back without people jumping 20 people on your car trying to escape as well in the middle of a grid line right so there's a lot of there's a lot of questioning there yeah. but um, i think it's just it's happened just so recently that's exactly what people are trying to figure out is how right. do we do this probably. Right. Well, today is what? So th Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Today's Monday. So that's five, five days, days now. Yeah. Five days now. Yeah. We crazy. were talking about this uh, also yesterday. Um, clearly, if you guys are listening, we've, we've given it a few few ideas <laughs> yeah. about the topic. But I, I mean, everybody's talking about it and it's hard not to keep right. talking about it. I don't... Um, and not to say like, well, let's find the bright side of this. There's no bright side on this. But I do... What I love um, is in the midst of this kind of stuff, right? Because Ukraine's such an underdog that everybody's rooting Everybody, for. Everybody, yeah. and it's such well, a because they didn't, thing. yeah, and they didn't, they didn't do anything. They didn't right? do anything to deserve this. And they, you can have an argument where they're apparently like former presidents are like saying that they didn't want to support Ukraine because they're a corrupt country. But listen, any country that's new and comes from a very dark history, there's going to be a bunch of corruption mm -hmm. there. That's just there, right? You're trying to, or make, any country, <laughs> you're, you're trying to bring order in something mm -hmm. that had a lot of chaos before. Yeah. Um, it's just to what level, right? And so um, what it's wild for me, it's really cool to see in such a small underrated country that has like a fourth or maybe a third of Russia's equipment. Their uh, resources, resources for... To see these like exceptional human beings. So mm -hmm. the first one is like the uh, Volinsky, the prime minister, right? Their president. He... Like, I think his name is if it's Vladimir, Yeah, Vla Vladimir Zelensky. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, he was offered, you were telling me that he was offered like an evacuation mm -hmm. and he said what? He said, I don't need a ride. I need ammunition. I need ammunition. Which is like, yeah. that is a bold statement yeah. and amazing. Super cool. Put, put a bulletproof vest on and a hat and went in the trenches mm -hmm. with the soldiers. Um, really, uh, admirable, uh, Ad admirable admirable admirable, um, admirable. <laughs> and, and then um there is these really cool um you know special forces operators there's one guy he's called the ukrainian reaper mm -hmm. and apparently he's already tallied up like 30 30 kills in the midst of all this mm -hmm. and he's kind of in the background and then there's a is Air he Force. a military yes he's okay. infantry and then there is um they're calling him he's an air force pilot he the uh he, I think he's on the, what does he fly? I don't know where he flies, but um, they're calling him the the ghost of Kiev. Mm -hmm. And apparently he he took down like five Russian fighter jets and then he went missing for like five hours and everybody thought he was shut down and then he came back. So they said like, this is a I'm real like, life this Avenger. Is ghost. Yeah, <laughs> this yeah. is the real life Avenger. He's back. So it was so cool to see like these heroic the one percenters rise um, yeah. in the midst of all this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So through it all um, kind of it, it encourages you to kind of keep rooting and and uh i don't know how do you say hope for the best yeah, because what yeah. is the best right and so like, what can you do yeah as one individual you and yeah and, and so it's like what kind of resources do i give mm -hmm. and where do i even send it because mm -hmm. unlike a lot of things you know the united states has a red cross so you give to the red cross well what, where do you give in ukraine for mm -hmm. a group of people to go help. I'm sure after everything's all done and said, there's there going to be, be organizations. organizations that are going and like, hey, we're yeah. going to help rebuild. I get that. But like right now, most of the people are like private people who are like, here's my Venmo account. Send me some mm -hmm. money, you know? Yeah. It's just crazy because it's really sad also because I've heard already that people are taking advantage and scamming mm -hmm. in the midst of this, which it just is so sad that in this like heartbreaking time, there's still people thinking about their own selfish, you know, wants. And well, scamming. what do you mean by that? Oh, scamming. Scamming. People, scamming when people. they go like, hey, can you transfer this? I need this. But then they just, somebody not, probably not even living in Ukraine. Oh, yeah. So I think there's a, some, you have to be just careful where you're donating your money. Yeah. Yeah. I, I saw somebody posted and I think that was kind of pretty clever. Um, well, not clever in a dark way, but clever of a creative way to help. They were, they were saying like, uh, go, uh, I'm trying to give them credit. Who was this that came up with this? Um, I'm not, I don't, I think it was Mandy from Vintage Revivals. I think it was her. But she was saying how go on to Etsy mm -hmm. and like filter, I was just say that. filter like Ukrainian buy buyers 
and then buy from them. Yeah. And you know you're not going to receive it because they can't ship you, anything. Exactly. But just send them the money. Yeah. yeah. And I thought that and was so, really Yeah. Clever. I actually thought of that myself because I follow an Etsy shop um, that's based out of Ukraine, Kiev. Mm -hmm. And she, you know, posted like, I'm so sorry. Like, none of my orders are going to go out, obviously. Um, you know, thank you so much for being patient, whatever. And so I'm like, I thought about that too. I'm like, well, I'm sure you could still just send the money and yeah. buy something. Yeah. Yeah. Knowing that you won't get it, but huh? You yeah. know what? You know what we should do. <laughs> hmm. I wonder if um. I wonder if what we can do is, like, uh, do a um, like a merch thing, where all the proceeds just go to Ukraine. Yeah. Like just run it for a period of time, mm -hmm. and then just take all the money and just send it over. Mm -hmm. When you know, once we're figuring out like where to send it, and yeah. I think it's just a way for people to. Be able to support. Just be know. able to support, you know. It's and I don't I don't it's not for me, just to, them going like where do I send? And you're like, No, just buy a shirt, we'll send the money over mm -hmm. there. You know? Yeah. And it's a little bit more legitimate yeah. because you're connected to the people. Yeah. I mean my mom right. was sending money directly to the church mm -hmm. that needed resources to yeah. be able to help the people that are trying to find refuge. Yeah. So yeah. um I'm just sending yeah, her the money, but Okay. Even if we could find, because I know there are still legitimate organizations that I've seen people post that you can mm -hmm. send to that will yeah. aid. Maybe we'll just do something like that. <coughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. Well, you know. It's heavy. It's heavy. But it's, I think it needs to be talked about. And yeah. it's our world right now. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, yeah, I mean. I think more and more people, it's 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 really great to see different states in the United States, you know, protesting. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, you know, when you live in the United States, protesting will do something. I don't know necessarily protesting do, does anything in a country like Russia that comes from a communist re I regime. Think, I think they're getting in trouble, where, big trouble for protesting. Oh, you, people get killed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. People, and there's no... There's nothing, you can't protest the killing that happened. You know what I mean? There's people who, the, the military personnel. It's a little bit different there. Yeah. The military personnel, you you disobey orders in the United States Army, you get dishonorable discharge and you go to military police and all that stuff, right? Over there, you get killed. Mm -hmm. The amount of, like I remember even just Stalin, the amount of fear that he he raised when orders weren't executed that he would uh, ex uh, execute these people in fr the, the soldiers in front of their fellow soldiers, mm. you know, insane. So th fear. So, yeah. so I don't know how far protesting does in a post uh, communist regime. And I know, you know, again, back to 2014, Putin had that paper where he wrote, you know, it's a nine page paper. And he's saying how the biggest downfall of the 20th century is the fall of communism. Like he is trying to reclaim mm -hmm. glory days. Which is like, yeah, this and is so happening. you can protest all you want. He's not hearing it. Oh yeah, he's There's not hearing. There's nothing. Yeah, but it's but it's, people are doing it. People are supporting because it's like, yeah. what can they do? Right. You know, the people yeah. who are living there that don't agree with what he's doing. Yeah. All right, folks. Um, hope you enjoyed this podcast. It was heavy, but Our heart, um, hearts go out to everybody mm -hmm. in Ukraine. And, and we'll try to come up with something. Um, either do the merch launch for them, and then maybe Irina will come up with a couple of uh, three different uh, organizations or something mm -hmm. like that, or or Etsy popular Etsy accounts that maybe they could send to. Mm -hmm. But um, we'll figure out something and just watch us on the podcast or social media podcast, not social media. The podcast is Instagram. So I think we'll share some stuff there and we'll definitely share it on our private uh, accounts as well. Mm -hmm. Cool. Thanks guys. Uh, love you. Bye. Bye.